Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. Got a joke for you. Far away. It's uh, my birthday month, right? Yeah, it is. Um, so what do monsters serve on their, uh, at their birthday parties? Something to do with cake. I don't know. Yeah. Ice cream cake. <laughs> <laughs> ice cream cake. Get it? They're monsters. Everyone loves ice cream cake. Classic. <laughs> Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm Tim. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan. You might not recognize my voice today. <laughs> a little husky. Yeah, a little husky. Now that I'm 33, Tim, mm. I'm um, just like stepping up my huskiness a little bit, just like getting more manly as I get older. I dare say it's just that you're getting weaker, actually. Mm, much weaker. Your immune system is not protecting you <laughs> like it should. Yes. No. Well, actually, it's good. this is a good place to start. Uh, what, what is the, the Tim and... Dan uh, I was sick the past week. <laughs> we were meant to do another podcast last Friday. Last Friday. One went out on Monday, mm. but that's all right. So it's actually been like two and a half weeks since we've recorded. It feel like a while. I feel a little rusty. Yeah. It might be because I've nervous. been sick, but <laughs> yeah, I feel a little rusty, but I'm, like, I'm feeling much better today, right? I was, and I, I, I did right. manage to achieve a few things while being sick. For instance, we went to a Boy and Bear concert. We did, yeah. And that uh, was on a Monday night on in a Mon- Sydney. We, uh, we got to meet the band. Yeah. We, we had a chat to them. It was cool. He said he liked my shirt. Yeah. We ended up being able to rope some friends in to come too. So mm. that was good. But yeah, it was good. Yes. On a Monday night. Yes, on a Monday night. Uh, Sick show though. It was so good. Linda Mariano. Yes. Which her name doesn't sound like, it isn't spelt the way it sounds. No. But she, she interviewed the band and yeah. it was really good. It, it was, was really cool. good um, hearing their insights because they released an album called Suck It and See. Mm. Um, cool, cool name, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it was right before COVID mm. and the lead singer had just been sick mm. for five years. So it was interesting to hear I, I didn't really think about it that way. Mm. They were just about to go on this massive tour and then lockdown. Yeah. So um, some of the songs on this album were written during lockdown, mm. uh, which is why there's a song called Strange World. Yeah. Which was cool. So we get to learn stuff like that. Yeah. And like they were talking about the whole process of writing yeah. and how they'd like send influences. files amongst and the influences on it. Radiohead. Radiohead and the Shins, which like bands I love and you love. So, so good. no wonder we, we're fans of Boy and Bear. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, and thank you for, we, we had some people write in um, offering to come with us because we did have yeah. tickets available. Thank you. Unfortunately, they were already taken by the time you'd written in. So, But appreciate your interest. We appreciate your interest. And for the person who told us that you're a hoot, I'm sure you are. Yes. I, reckon, uh, I reckon you are a hoot. I think you would be. Um, but yeah, so we went to that, um, had a great time and then spent the next couple of days quite sick. Not because I was drinking, because I was already sick. <laughs> I wasn't sick. That you was fine. fine. Somehow you've escaped it. I yeah. I think I'm just like permanently. No, I'm definitely not permanently sick, but I do feel permanently hungover because mm. of sleep deprivation. Yeah. There's, there's my Tim and Dan low. Yeah. All right. Let's Lewis go that. doesn't like sleeping anymore. No. It's awesome. Yeah. That's he's almost seven months old. Doesn't sound awesome. And uh, yeah, he's just, uh, just been a little jerk. <laughs> <laughs> little junk baby Lewis if you're listening back to this yeah. one day and you're grown mm. 
you didn't sleep for a good six weeks mm. when you turned six months. That's where we're at now. Yeah, that's tough. It that's could go tough. for longer. I, I feel mm. for you. That is tough. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. You, sucks you, you do seem a little tired. I can see it in your eyes a little bit. Okay. Thank yeah. you. No, don't. I appreciate I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just, you know, being empathetic <laughs> here. I don't want to be told I look tired. No, but now you've mentioned it. I can, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> you still trusted me to drive us to Sydney and back on Monday <laughs> yeah. night? It was still better than me on my cold and flu <laughs> tablets. And, yeah. Your pseudos. My pseudos. Anything else new in your world, Dan? Um, oh, yes, there is. You went to a ping pong night on Saturday. Also sick at that event. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I did. I, I managed to uh, get out of my pajamas for a few hours well um, on Saturday from being a big crook and you had to out. defend the title. Had to defend the title. Listen, congratulations to everyone on the night who played well. <laughs> there was some really great players. They did everything they could, and and they were the better better players on the night. <laughs> In other words, Dan did not defend his title. No. You did come top four though. Yeah. I how, mean, how many are you in? Uh, I don't know. There was, there was probably, there's three rounds and then the semis. So. Mm. If on you, two uh, sides. Yeah. So that's mm. two, four, eight, 16, 32. It's decent. Yeah. It's decent. Top four out of 32. That's, that's, that's a grand slam. No, a grand slam 64. 64. Mm. So it's not bad. So I, I did all right, um, but uh, it wasn't my best performance. I was unwell. Mm. As soon as the comp was over and everyone started getting a little bit drunker, I thought this is my opportunity <laughs> to, to get out of here and get back to bed. So no, well done. That. You did well to get there. Yes, I did that. And that, that was good. Uh, I had a good time. Uh, as I said, as well, it's my birthday last week. It's been yeah. a couple of weeks, I suppose, since we've done this. What was your birthday? What was my birthday? Wow. I haven't really done anything for we it. We haven't even celebrated well, yet. We went, went to Boy and Bear. Yeah, well, yeah so, true. True. But uh, yeah. That was just with me. I'm sure you want to spend time with other friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um, what about you? Anything going on apart from sleep deprivation? No, nah, that's it. Nah, cool. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm coming second in my fantasy leagues. There's my big thing. There was actually talk about that. So yeah, the, the ping yeah. pong event I went to, we, we sponsor a, a local football club. Terrigal Avoca Panthers. Terrigal Avoca Panthers. Or as I like to call them, Terrigal Avoca Beach Panthers. <laughs> um, they, um, uh, that's obviously a football club that you're associated with. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and there was a few people there telling me about, uh, that you're doing well on the, doing on well. the fantasy league. It can change year. quickly, but, yeah. uh, I'm looking good. Mm. I'm looking good. Just went from third to second. Mm. I think I'm a pretty good chance for a win this week. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Consistency is key. Yep. Definitely not scoring the highest, but, uh, I'm consistently high. That's good. Week, you so. don't need to be number one every week. You just need to be no. consistently exactly. towards the top. Exactly. There's people that are like up and down. Mm. It's not me. No. Nope. Mr. Consistent. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's move on then to the, the business update today. But uh, but I actually just want to say a quick word from our sponsor, Cats Accountants. Oh, oh yes. Cats Accountants are actually hiring accountants. Are they? Yeah. Right now, like onshore too. Whoa. Yeah. So if, if you're an accountant listening to this and you're like, I would like to work with Tim and Dan. I really like the cut of Tim's jib. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you might be thinking that. You might you, That might have been a thought that's come <laughs> across your head. If that's the case, well, guess what? We're hiring. Now, I, don't, I don't know what jib is, sorry. I don't know either. But yes, we are hiring. Yes, we are searching for accountants mm. right now, this very second. So send us a message. If, if, if you're an accountant that is, you know, possibly in, in our area, in the, mm. let's just say Sydney to Newcastle. <laughs> In that rough area. Or maybe you're not in that area and we could work out some type of remote work work situation. Mm. Yeah, true. So 
send us a message um, if, if you're one of those people because, yeah, we'd, we'd love you. Yes, you. Right now, listening to this and thinking, mm. are they talking about me? Yes, yes I am talking you. about you. Yes, Right you. now, you. Look in the mirror. You. Yeah. So, uh, it'd be worth having a chat and uh, we'd like to know where you're at yeah. in your career and if you'd be interested in working with us. The good team here at Cats. Thank you, Cats Accountants, for sponsoring the business update. Now, funnily enough, there is no business update this week because our, our episode of the podcast is an entire business update. It's Pretty a much. mailbag. We're, we're, we're covering much. a few topics we've missed while we've been off air. There's some really good talking points. Yeah, but... Uh, Looking forward to getting into it. Let's, uh, let's move forward first. Tardus tip, Tim. Do you have a Tardus, Tardus tip? I do. I have an accounting-related one. Yes. And it is tax planning, mm-hmm. but it is specifically, are you making a loss? Mm-hmm. And are you paying yourself wages? Okay. Yes. That is the tight ass tip. And because there are unique circumstances mm. where if you're paying yourself wages, so it must be a company mm. or a uh, trust, or a trust, but you know, carry forward losses mm. and yep. trust. Uh, well, I mean, true. Yep. Yeah. If you're making a loss in the trust, you, yeah. in either situation, you may want to look at decreasing your wages mm. or stopping paying yourself wages for the rest of the financial year. Yeah. Now here's, uh, you know, uh, a warning to that. Mm. That doesn't mean you can just still take the money Correct. because you're going to end up with a director's, director's loan. loan, a debit loan. This works particularly well if the, if the business owes you money. Yes. Also particularly well in a trust mm. because they can just send you the cash anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. No. But, um, but yeah, if the business owes you money, uh, which if it's making a loss this year, maybe even particularly, if it's made losses in prior years, mm. it might owe you money. Because yeah. You might be, have been investing your own assets and cash into yep. it to prop it up. So I just wanted to point that out. I have seen some situations where people are on a decent wage, which is mm. awesome because mm. they're budgeting, they're allowing tax withheld. Yep. Um, but if you're making a loss mm. in the business, mm. then you might need to look at adjusting that down and you will get some relief. Mm. You will get some relief in tax personally and you will get some relief in BAS payments. Yep. So, so yeah, so that, and that's, let's just say a good example of this, let's say you've started a business and uh, you've decided to loan the business some money when you first started, you, you put, yep. you put 30 grand Pretty of common. your own money in it. It's not share capital. You've actually just loaned it in there mm-hmm. and you've been trading for a couple of years and this year you've made a 20 grand loss yep. and you've paid yourself a hundred grand in wages. Yep. Well, maybe you shouldn't have taken a hundred grand wages. You should mm. have taken 80. 80 grand of wages and taken 20 grand of your loan back, yep. which would be tax-free because you loaned the money there in the first place. Correct. So that, that's what Tim's getting to here. Yeah, you could free up a little cash flow, hmm. give yourself a couple of months to... Uh, and really, like this is within mind, cash is king hmm. with some tricky things happening in the economy. Yes. You don't want to put more pressure on yourself than you need right now. Hmm. So it's a good time to do it. End of financial year, adjust it now hmm. before single-touch payroll is finalized. Hmm. So there's my tight-ass tip this week. If you're making a loss... Um, then maybe you can adjust your wages. Yep. Just maybe. Yep. Nice one. Nice one. All right. Why don't we move on to our main topic today, which is mixed bag slash mailbag. Mixed bag. Mixed bag. So there's a few things, Tim, that we've missed while we've been away. The very first one is I want to show our Victorian listeners a little love right now. I want to, I want to, you know, check down under. I mean, mean, Well, you were just calling the Mexicans before you hit record, Dan. What was that I all about? That. <laughs> South of the border. Yeah, no, I wasn't doing that. But uh, <laughs> build the wall. Um, so uh, let's let's chat about our Victorian friends because they had a, a state budget. 
in the yeah. last couple of weeks. Mm. And we spent a lot of time talking about the New South Wales budget. Yes. So we should probably spend a little bit of time talking sure. about the Victorian budget, even sure. though we don't live there and it's a dud state. Um, that's not a dud state. That's, not, that's just what you said offline. <laughs> um, so a few things that I want to bring up and that, that I found here. Payroll tax. Oh. Yes. So Have they gotten rid of it? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, but they increased the threshold. Okay. So, so payroll tax-free threshold will rise from 700,000 to 900,000. So it was pretty low at 700,000. Yeah. Um, from July 1, 2024, so next year. Mm. And then again, it'll raise to a million dollars the year after. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's a low threshold. So that's for small businesses. Um, but I believe in for big business on the same side of that, um, if you have more than 10 million in payroll, you'll pay an additional 0.5% or 1% if your national payroll exceeds $100 million. <laughs> so they're, right. uh, they're making adjustments for small businesses, mm. but they're charging big businesses more. Mm. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Mm. Uh, another very interesting thing in the Victorian budget is some of the things that they're doing for property. Okay. Now, this is, this is a fascinating one, right? So they're trying to increase the supply of property. No. Okay. They're trying to uh, raise money from investment properties, <laughs> which which okay. makes it less attractive, really. True. Um, so they're increasing like taxes, stamp duties. Yep. So the tax-free threshold for land tax is being lowered from 300000 which again, is pretty low, mm. yeah. uh, down to 50000 <sighs> So I don't know what land is worth so, 50000 Yeah. So your main, your main residence doesn't count Main residence, that. still exempt. Yeah. This is for investment properties and holiday homes. So <sighs> your second home. You're just straight over. You're just straight over. Straight over. You're paying land tax. Wow. Um, uh, the government estimates that about 380000 properties mm. will now pay land tax where they previously hadn't. Mm. Uh, which is massive. How's it work with apartments? Do they own a little portion of the land? Great question. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I think strata takes care of that. Yeah. And then you strata, just pay strata levies. The one that I like, which I want to know a little bit more about, is the absentee owner surcharge, which applies to foreign investors. Okay. So I think this is when they charge a surcharge yep. to foreign owners of property which are vacant. Mm, wow. I think that absentee owner thing, by the way, is if you just don't live in the country, by the way. Okay. Not that it's empty If you property. own it and it's empty. Yeah. If it's like a holiday home. Correct. Does that count as a vacant property? No. Yeah, I think definition? if you ordinarily reside in Victoria and it's vacant, that's fine. Okay. But if you live overseas and it's not even vacant, but you just don't live here, yep. then they charge you uh, extra tax. It doesn't even matter if yeah. it's vacant or not. There you go. Um, I like it. Makes well, on sense. that land tax note before, I wonder if that means people who own a property in Victoria who maybe thought they didn't need to be registered for land tax now need to look into registering. Yeah. Because land tax is one of those ones that you need to register yourself. Mm. They don't come to you. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. But yeah. They will a couple years, in a couple years time. That's it. Like, hey, you never paid us land tax. You're like, I didn't realize I had to. Yeah, that's a really good question actually. Um, it wonder, happens. I wonder who that applies because you have to register yourself. Mm. So there's stupid taxes. What else, Dan? Um, what else? Uh, I'm liking it so far. They're canning the, um, well, not canning, they're putting on uh, hold the airport rail link while the government reviews oh. its major projects. Come on. You need that rail. <laughs> we were talking about it just yeah. like two weeks ago when we were there. Like, 
It was a $90 taxi to, mm. what was it? Where did we go? South Bank? Yeah. South Bank. It's expensive. Mm. It is very expensive. Um, their, their public transport is so, so fabulous. And then it comes to like catching, getting to the airport and back. And mm. it's just terrible. Actually, I did hear they're reworking my key as well. I don't know if this was part of the budget. Probably was. Um, my key is was quite good. It was one of those early adopting type things where you load up a card, tap on, tap off. Mm. Um, but in Victoria still, you can't use your own bank card to tap on and tap off public transport. So if you're a tourist, you have to buy a MyKey card, load it up with a minimum amount of money. And um, you're going to leave the state, obviously, with money that you've not used. That is Whereas genius if you're a tourist, Yeah, if you're a tourist, you come to Sydney... Mm. It's tap on, tap off with your bank card. Mm. You're fine. That's uh, interesting. People end up with like five MyKey cards, mm. all with like $5 on them. It'd be a nightmare. Tapping the credit card, so much easier. So much better. So much easier. The, having that separate card is just so annoying. Yeah. I remember when they changed from having Opal here to just yep. the card, it was better. Yeah. Um, a few other things going on. Yeah. Uh, uh, other winners and losers. Uh, high fee private schools will lose their payroll tax exemption. <laughs> Seems fair. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, they're cutting- Not to put their fees up. <laughs> they're cutting 3,000 to 4,000 workers from public service. Wow. To cut costs. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is going on here? Tell you what. There's a, there's a, if you raise Dan Andrews' name in Victoria, it's they're, uh, they're, they're increasing <laughs> conjecture. the betting and wagering tax from 10% to 15%. Yeah, um, and that's sort of it. Yeah, we were in Melbourne recently, Dan, mm. and uh, ran into a uh, local, mm. and somehow the topic of Dan, Mr. Mm. Dan, came up. Yep. Not you. No, no, Dan Andrews. And apparently he has like permanent security on his street. It's like blocked off. I don't know if any of this is true, by the yeah. way. Conspiracy, potentially. Mm. His fall, you know, he had that fall. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it wasn't an accident. And his family doesn't even live in Victoria anymore. Mm. So these are the things I hear on the street. But he still got but voted yet, in. He got voted in. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a, and I was like, is this kind of Stockholm syndrome? Yeah. Like he's held you guys captive for yeah. the last couple of years. And <laughs> you just don't want change. You, yeah, it's better the evil you know, right? I don't know. Is it just the a few loud? Him, is there a few loud voices spreading rumors like this, and then the well, rest of the country, rest of the state, are just like, you know, we're voting him. He's doing a good job. I want to spread a rumor about Dan Andrews. Okay, massive Bombers fan. Really massive? Actually, I think so. Oh, that'll make him lose the next election. <laughs> Anything attached to the Bombers will never win. No, mate, we're in yeah. the top eight. Classic. Shut your trap. Classic. <laughs> All right. So that's enough talking about taxes. We don't really know or understand in a state we don't live in. <laughs> so let's move on to a more pertinent topic. Cooper. We are about to get outraged <laughs> here on the podcast. People do like a good, I don't know, anger rant. Yeah. So let's- and it's about time we get into that on PwC. Yeah. It's about, it's about time someone took aim at the big, at the big end of town. All right. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Mm. here's what happened. Uh, The government often has reviews it needs done. It wants advice on complex things. It wants to make changes and it needs to know what the implications of those changes are going to be. So it contracts out to third parties who aren't in government who might have expertise. Consultants. Consultants. Let's call them consultants. Consultants. Mm. 
In this case, it's uh, one of the big four accounting firms in the world, PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC, mm. um, who did some consulting. And when I say some, I'm talking like half a billion dollars worth of <laughs> consulting over the past- In Australia alone. Years, in Australia alone. And um, what happened is it's been found out is that they mm. were using this information from these consulting to then sell- um, advice to big multinational companies and big companies in Australia and the clients to avoid tax. To avoid tax. That sounds like a scheme to me. That absolutely sounds like a scheme to me. A scheme that they allowed themselves to create by having input mm. on how the very rules will We're work in the first place. Yeah, it's. It's just ludicrous. It's mind blowing. Oh, actually. It's, it's it's completely insane. Like they they yeah. literally were consulting the government on how things would work and how to fix things and where the issues are, and then they were using that information to, for the benefit of their clients. So I, ha- I was I've been listening to it on ABC. Mm. They're, they're doing like a daily podcast on it at the moment. Yeah. It's that big a deal. And um, there was a recording. I think the 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 head guy in Australia is mm. Tom Seymour his name mm. something along those lines mm. there's a recording of him saying that um he's got no knowledge of anyone in the firm doing anything wrong with that information um and now as it turns out over 50 people <laughs> had access <laughs> to the fact that the the guy not tom seymour but there was mm. another guy who was a partner in the business mr collins i think his name collins is. yeah He's been stood down like yeah. and he has lost his tax agent license. So oh. he's been he's been punished. But I've, got, I've got more on that. Go okay, on. interesting. Well, um, as it turns out, he he was the one that was making or helping make the policy. Um, 50 other people in the firm knew mm. that he had that knowledge and they had a meeting to release information to key clients like marketing, basically. Mm. Like the, you're thinking Google, Microsoft, yeah. Facebook, to show them how to avoid the new rules that were coming mm. into place a few years ago to tax multinational businesses. Disgusting. Yeah, it says it says here that the um, the board, um, which we're reviewing internal communication within PwC, suggested that Mr. Collins was aware that confidential information could be leveraged by the firm to market new clients. Could be aware, and <laughs> he u- they used it to do that, right? Mm. And. Uh, he has been terminated and uh, f- from the tax agent board, right? He's tax registration mm. for two years. <laughs> for fucking only two years. Are you kidding me? This is what really shits me yeah. is I feel like that is such a minor slap on the wrist if yeah. he was heavily involved in this. Like it might've just been he's yeah. taken the fall for, you know, because he was the partner or something. But, mm. but like can you imagine no, like, I agree we do like a small little thing wrong done by someone on our level yeah. a small local firm let's say trying okay. to do the right thing yeah let's say let's say a hundred thousand dollar yeah tax evasion scheme yep done by us yep. could lose our tax agent license for two years yep if we were found to have been doing it on purpose marketing yep. it as a scheme yep this guy marketing schemes to multinational companies mm. to save them probably billions but, in tax but not just that it's it's doing that, yes, saving yeah. billions in tax. I know, and it gets worse. They got the information from directly from the government because they were contracted to consult and they're double dipping. Yeah, it's, it's just so ridiculous and insane. It's mind boggling that this could happen. Everyone should be outraged. Yeah, and PwC should lose their government contracts. 
I absolutely think that's right. And how can you trust them? Should there be some type of like, should they be forced to separate arms of their business, like completely yes. diverse themselves of consultancy and only keep audit or something or like, you know what I mean? Like mm. somehow this, they, they can't be on the one hand talking to clients and on the other hand, advising on it to the government. This they they just, need to be separate. And Dan, this is just the one we know about yeah. as well. All of the big four mm. consult to the government. All of the big four have access to highly confidential information. Mm-hmm. And at the same rate, they work with other governments mm. <laughs> and other corporations based in other places around the world. And us, the taxpayer, pay them to do this, to have access to all of this information and these advantages. Mm. So he, he's wild. <laughs> it says here in this article from the ABC, it said in Senate estimates, a hearing um, that when the new laws took effect, which this Peter John Collins was part of the Treasury consultation to design multi-tax, uh, multinational tax avoidance laws, right? Mm. So he was helping to design them. Within weeks of the laws taking place, uh, an avoidance scheme was being marketed to overseas-based clients of PwC to circumvent the new arrangements. But like, like they designed, essentially it sounds like to me, it sounds like they've designed them with a back door, knowing it's there. <laughs> if there is, <laughs> it's mind-boggling. Why is the government consulting with big four accounting firms that work with those very yeah. corporations and offer them services. I mean, on the one to hand, make the rules, they obviously know them the best because they work within those rules. I can sort of yes. understand that, but maybe work with, you know, someone who's now retired. Yeah, exactly. Hire them. Yeah. There's, there's a novel idea. And that's what they're saying now as Hire well. Hire a couple of experts who so don't have a conflict of interest. When uh, one of the big things labor have been talking about even before this, but maybe it was because of this, like it was mm. before the news got out. Um, that they wanted to start bringing more in-house capability. Mm. You know, the, the, for years, the government have been trying to um, save costs mm. and, you know, shed a bit of weight from public service. Like even the Victorian government is getting rid of 3,000 mm. to 4,000 yeah, exactly. public service workers. Mm. Um, well, that sometimes gets rid of your capability you to do to. these things. Mm, exactly. Um, but clearly there's a reason why we do it in government and not consulting. <laughs> I do think it's kind of weird though. Like, um, mm. yeah, let's get rid of people working for us, mm. but we're going to increase the budget yeah. <laughs> at the same time to crack down on multinational tax avoidance. Mm. So, but we're going to fire also 10,000 people from that department and just farm that work out to firms yeah. that help multinationals avoid tax. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's just like, and what... Uh. We, like people in the small businesses, I feel in particular, and small business accountants get cracked down on so hard mm. and we have to follow so many compliance, but it just feels mm. like the big end of town have their own rules, yeah. do whatever the hell they want. Mm. I think that's what really annoys us the most. Mm. It's the principle. Yeah. Um, and you know, multinationals aren't paying anywhere near as much tax mm. as small businesses in Australia. Um, but they're just willfully avoiding it um and yeah there was some talk that they didn't know that mm. this information was um this workaround uh was, was coming through a back door but i mean they weren't also upset about it either no were they they no. were willing to pay they're obviously paying big fees mm. just trying to avoid this tax so yeah it's uh it's disappointing dan apparently it was raised you were saying before raised by the ato in 2018 because i did hear some audio with chris jordan mm. the um ato commissioner 
So that's what I'm reading right now. So he's, um, they've said that um, the assistant tax commissioner and about 20 staff were assigned in to look in whether or not PwC had been involved in the tax leak right mm. back then. They realized they were. <laughs> um, they then had to provide some of that information to, to be followed up by the AFP, the federal police. Um, but because of the ATO's own legal rule, like privacy laws, they couldn't share enough information with them to then allow the AFP to actually investigate it. <sighs> and which means they couldn't tell the government not to keep using them. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So the secrecy provisions made it an offense under our laws for us to provide information surely, that we're not allowed for us to do so. so surely... Chris Jordan or someone from the ATO can mm. sit down with someone in government and a police officer, mm. someone in the pol- federal police and be like, guys, by the way, mm. I'm not going to give you any specifics, but let's say you came knocking on our door asking for information in this relevant field. Mm. You might find some things. Yeah. Surely he could have, or someone could have done that. Right? Like, We're not providing information, but just don't hire them. Yeah. For no reason, don't hire them. The, yeah, exactly. We strongly recommend <laughs> yeah. you reconsider consulting mm. with this practice yeah. in future multinational tax avoidance matters. Yeah. Would that not have been a smart move? Surely. It just annoys me, you know? Mm. Bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. Mm. Bureaucracy. Uh, anyway, changes to the secrecy laws are now on the table. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, and they said not to worry. Um, they ensured that most big companies did not skirt around the new tax laws. Most of them followed them, and the estimated revenue risk was only about 180 million. It's <laughs> <laughs> only 180 million. Only 180 million. <laughs> Just a cool 180. Just a cool 180. Uh, Straighty 180. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've literally had letters over less than that, like like less than a thousand dollars. Yeah. For individual taxpayers mm. that they're trying to recoup. We've money. had, we've, like, there's letters that get sent to a small business owner who owes thousand bucks, two thousand bucks to the ATO. You risk going to jail <laughs> by not paying this. Uh, yes. Anyway. Um, well, hopefully it changes. Hopefully something's going to change. Yeah. So a, a few other things uh, that we want to quickly discuss. Um, I'm not sure if you saw. Tim, um, but inflation was higher than expected. I did. I did see that. Which to me thinks more rate rises. More rate rises to come, folks, it seems. Wow. Um so that'll be that'll be interesting. So keep keep an eye and ear out on that one. Um We've got one more for the mailbag, but are we running out of time? Let's let's dive into it. It won't take us too long, I don't okay. think. Building and construction. Building and construction. So you're you're the I've got some notes here. You got some notes. I, I did hear a really interesting chat. Again, it was just, there was an ABC podcast mm. and um, really made a lot of sense. They had an economist on and uh, he was talking about the home builder scheme. Mm. And that was, if you're unaware of what that was, a stimulus during COVID mm. with good intentions mm. to prop up the building industry and make people invest in renovations, large renovations over, I think, $200,000 mm. or building new homes. Mm. And they had to enter into a contract within 18 months for that sizable amount of work and register it with the government. And then they would get 
$25,000 towards mm. that work. So spend 200, get 25 back. Mm. Pretty good. Yeah. Decent. Yeah, that's great. Um, this definitely worked. So this definitely worked. Um, I think there was already demand at the time. I don't know why mm. they felt they needed to prop up the building industry, to be honest, but no. there was demand anyway. They were just giving grants out to everyone. Mm. And so they increased demand mm. and they even placed a deadline on that demand. So yeah. instead of people being like, uh, well, there's uncertain times in the world mm. right now. I might just wait a few years for that major reno. Mm. Everyone brought it forward. Mm. And so you're ending in this situation where um, construction businesses, big builders mm. who build brand new homes, as an example, um, they probably ran off like hot off the press, mm. signing up new builds. Yep. And that's where we're seeing builders go into liquidation with say like 2000 contracts, like 2000 builds to do. Yeah. That was one, I forget the name of it. Taking deposits from people. They're obviously taking there. deposits. And this is the issue because demand was high, but supply was low. Mm. So we know that materials were at a shortage. Yep. We know that labor was at a shortage as mm. well. Just, you just could not find a subcontractor mm. um, or employees that were reliable. Mm. So um, that was obviously not very good. Not a good idea to mm. increase demand when supply is at a shortage. Yeah. And now the, the next thing that really isn't helpful is fixed contracts. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of these people who their normal practice during a fairly stable period was to enter into a fixed contract. It gives the, the new homeowner some- Just the way they did it. They, they still know, do. They're able to buy some of their supplies in bulk. They yep. could sort of half guarantee what they're going to pay. They yep. knew what their profit margin was. It gives the, 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 uh, the homeowner some confidence. Certainty, yeah. And some certainty. Um, but what happened is all these inflationary things you're talking about, low supply, high demand meant that rain prices went up. Even just rain. Rain. I mean, the East Coast last year was belted with rain. Yeah. And so no sites could progress. Yep. So all these costs start building up and then all of a sudden you get is that someone's fixed in a contract to build a home for 550000 but it's costing them 600000 Times 2,000 builds. Yeah. Is, and that's where, we, and yeah. that's where we start to run into issues because- um, essentially they couldn't cover those costs and yeah. add to that this is all really unfortunate add to that um, the fact that they allowed businesses that should have been going into liquidation mm. to not go into liquidation for I think it, they extended it it was like you should have gone into liquidation within a month mm. instead it was 12 months yeah. you had grace and so all these, particularly in particular, that big builder mm. that's gone into liquidation probably was already headed that way yeah. at that it's point. Given them more time to Gave get 12 months. deeper into trouble. And they owe millions upon millions of dollars to suppliers, to subcontractors, mm. to people who gave them money to build a house, mm. who are now out of a house. They might yeah. have a rotting frame just sitting there doing nothing. So mm. it's pretty devastating. And I think the government has created and it's not the current government but without knowing it mm. poor policy in hindsight yeah they've created this situation i kind of feel like they're going to need to step up and do something about this well, he, he, <laughs> the other issue with this is right so one of the biggest problems that we're facing right now is that there's a housing shortage exactly it's not like <laughs> so what we need is more houses it's, being built exactly. and all the builders are going bankrupt uh, yeah <laughs> the houses need yeah. to be built it's, and then it's, no one can afford real. The price of the house because the supplies exactly. cost too much. Exactly. Yeah. And they've already paid 50 grand. Now mm. they've got to pay. They're just being told, oh, you're going to owe another 150K mm. more than you thought. Yeah. Um, and plus, yeah, yeah, you're going to be delayed by another mm. two years or something. I mean, imagine that. 
it's a huge, huge issue. And it is because of what the government did a few mm. years ago, unfortunately. It's mm. because of economic cir- circumstances out of everyone's control and expectations. But yep. you can't just let these big businesses fail mm. because it's going to cause more carnage than good, yeah. I think. It, yeah. to, to people who want to build their dream home, to mm. the builders themselves who have built up this, this business from scratch, mm. to the suppliers to those builders... Mm. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't, I, I don't know. It's messy. So I was um, also reading up about this. And in the article I was reading is that uh, at the moment, apparently five construction companies are collapsing every day in Australia. Five. Mm. They're like, obviously not all big, yeah. but even two people's so homes many. that get left because of that is a lot. So many. And then, um, but uh, some experts think they're coming to the end of the rough period. So mm-hmm. to me, that means maybe supply constraints are easing. The cost of materials might be going down. Interesting though. Yeah. I mean, like China just um, stopped its ban on Australian wood. Which means we're going to be exporting wood yes, instead of correct, keeping it here. Correct. <laughs> correct. So, so uh, build with a steel frame, people. Yeah. And like, you know, we were just talking about PwC mm. and uh, let's say $180 million. Wouldn't mm. that be nice to throw towards this, to bail out some- Be fantastic. <laughs> mm. <laughs> To bail out some builders mm. who are in a who are in a big pickle. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that they should continue to be in business, mm. but the builder taking that work on and the person who's been let down should be helped. Yeah, I think so. There are, there are some like um, insurance There's policies insurance. in different states, and, and but then things who's like wearing that, that? that? But then the insurance companies are going to like if they all go premiums down. Obviously, yeah, but yeah, premiums obviously going to go up. Yep, are they? Exactly. And then housing's more expensive again. Mm. So. It's a it's a weird it's a weird pattern. Um, it's strange. Yeah, like like the unexpected consequence of COVID again, and and, no pol- and rushed that, policy during yeah. COVID. Rushed policy. Yeah, definitely seemed like a good plan at the time. Seemed like a great but idea. But I do remember thinking at the time when it was released, I was like, but they're already busy. <laughs> All trades. <laughs> every were every busy. trade I was speaking to was run Could, off their feet. Yeah. Um, so I just wasn't really, I was like, okay, well, I guess it can't hurt. Mm. It is hurting now. It's hurting. It's hurting. Mm. It created demand mm. and people have lost money over it because yep. they were chasing free money from the government. Yep. Yep. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if there was some sort of, you know, maybe it's just more free trade agreements with other countries about importing materials or who knows um, more, more domestic production more of domestic materials production. Or, or, or taxing exporters a bit yeah. more to export so mm. that they will, resupply Australia instead. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Or if you are in business as a builder, mm. finding more local suppliers, mm. being careful with your fixed contracts. Yeah. So that is a point actually. A lot of a few builders I've been speaking to, um, the smart plan at the moment is, is to do a, a cost plus model. So mm. it's a, yep, um, we just charge you the cost of the materials and you can follow that up as much yep. as you want and, yep. and we, there's a percentage on top that we make and so that's how we work because mm. the prices go up and down too much at the moment you can't predict it yep. so that would be a smart move it's and a if, safe way to do it if you're someone building a home then you, you know that makes it tough because you're like well how, what's my house going to cost but at the same rate mm. at least you know it will it's be it's going to be built yeah. and yeah it might be mm. un- unforeseeable how much it's going to cost but mm. You're going to build it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And your builder's not going to go broke. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, without knowing it, mm. that industry is really, really important mm. to a lot of regional areas in Australia as well. Mm. And so, if those things were to be 
if they were to suffer, mm. I think it's going to have really big repercussions. I agree. For the economy. And it's tied to the whole housing dream, the whole Australian dream. So, well, it's just a fascinating story to me. Speaking of housing dream, um, did I tell you that I solved the capital gains tax problem? How? I was half asleep in bed yeah. the other night. Okay. Sometimes I dwell on these issues. Yeah, I'm like, cool. I like to tackle the big issues in the economy and see if I, Dan, can come up with a solution nice. to all of our problems. Nice. And I was thinking, well, what, what are other examples of capital gains that have been reined in or, or fixed or, or solved in, in some way to, to ensure that people get the benefit, mm. but it's not too much benefit? What's the benefit here that we're talking about, though? Capital so gains this is tax capital gains on tax main residence? No, on... on Properties that you own as investments. Okay. Investment properties. All right. Um, because they get a 50% discount. Exactly. You get a 50% yeah. discount. And, okay. and there's often speak about, well, that doesn't seem um, sustainable mm. at the moment because um, it's inflating um, Demand. Home, home values, mm. right? Because yeah. it's too much of an incentive to, yeah. to buy one. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, maybe a good idea would be to like restrict it to you could do it once. Like you get a once off, mm. like your first home, your first investment, mm. you get it. You get the second one, discount. you don't get it. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's not a bad idea because then you're not, you know, you're not affecting mm. the, you know, you know, remember when they were going to chat, um, tackle capital gains last time, yeah. the, the big defense was, well, hey, it's not the million dollar investors. It's your mum and dad, policeman and teacher who mm. own an investment property who you're going to hurt here. Mm. I was like, well, if they get one, you're not hurting anyone. Yeah, or maybe like choice two, nominate one. Yeah. So if they have a couple, one's not doing mm. so well. But then, then I thought about it. Yeah. I thought about it first. I was like, well, what, what are the problems with that? First problem, well, if someone makes a $10 million gain on a property, mm. they're getting a disproportionate yeah, discount. Discount to Definitely. the people who make 200000 on a property, right? Yeah. So that doesn't seem fair. That means like wealthy people will actually get a better discount mm, because true. they're going to buy a more expensive property. Oh, so you're saying an income test? No. Yeah. A lifetime cap. Ooh, lifetime cap. So this is not unprecedented. Wow. Small business retirement exemption has a $500,000 cap. It's almost like the um, government should consult with you about this, Dan. They should. And then- Instead um, of PwC. <laughs> and guess what? I won't market you're gonna this build to a people. Backdoor? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to build a workaround to the lifetime yeah. cap? So here it is. Lifetime cap on capital gains you make from an investment property. It's actually not a, te- it's not a terrible idea. Because then the, the mum and dad investors mm. get their full discount. If it's $500,000, they're unlikely to make that much of a gain mm. when you discount it. Right, not terrible. But the people who own ten properties, mm. the people who constantly are buying and selling mm. properties over their life, or or, or a, a disproportionately I inflating. Insta- things. I saw on Instagram the other yeah. day a guy that owns eighty properties. Ridiculous. And he was trying to say he rents them out for less than market value. Yeah, it's trying to like, seem like he's a decent human, but, right, which he is. He's done done well. well but good on him. Yeah, he grew up in housing commission. And that's the thing. the thing. I, I don't have anything wrong with people investing in properties. Mm. We own a mortgage broking business. Mm. Uh, I, many of our clients are investors. Mm. We earn money from property. I'm not mm. saying property is bad. Mm. And I have skin in the game here. Yeah. But there's clearly a problem. Mm. Wage growth is the main one. Yeah, you just don't want to see a collapse like the um, GFC, like exactly. GFC American property bubble style collapse, because which is going to hurt a lot more people. Than if everyone's sitting here talking about property will always go up and people keep investing and it keeps going up disproportionately, guess mm. what's going to happen? It's going it to crash. It will crash. And it will, will really, yeah, it really hurt, hurt some people. 
So let's make it a bit more affordable. Let's remove some of the, like in the same way that home builder scheme mm. had consequences they didn't anticipate. Yeah. Capital gains tax exemptions for mm. property it's investors. having consequences. Has that unintended. Quanti- mm. and, and so we're not saying people who bought a property are bad mm. people. Not at all. You've mm. done investment. Great. Awesome. Mm. But maybe we should limit it. Yeah. Something that's fair. Some benefit. So everyone does I get just the benefit. Think it's it's going to be outrage if anyone were to. But how like we've you, just lost a big portion of our listeners. You yeah. just suggested. <laughs> but how, how do you argue against that? If so, let's say the argument is it's your everyday investor who's going to miss out. It's like no, they're not. Yeah, it's true. I mean, five hundred thousand dollar gain. How much more are you going to make than that? You're not going world? to. So do you know, this is like the- and We're not um, talking your main residence. Just disregard that. Disregard main residence. Whatever you want on your main residence over and over. Even. Perfectly fine. Buy it and sell it. Not a problem. Make a gain. No tax. Not a single problem with that. Hmm. It's a good idea, it's Dan. It's a small tweak. It affects a small amount of people. Would you put in a deadline and then people would have the discount until, let's say, 18 months time Yes, or because that would increase supply sell. right They're now. They're going to sell. Yeah. They're going to sell. There's a supply problem right now. Oh, there's an interesting idea. Yeah. Tax incentivize people selling their properties now. Great idea. To, to create more supply. So there is a one year window that you get an additional discount if you sell it. So you might take a little hit on the value mm-hmm. because there will be more supply in yep. the market, but- You're going to save tax. You're going to save a ton of tax. Great idea. Oof. It's, a, it's a supply incentive. I'll tell you what, Chris Jordan, if you're listening, I know you listen. Don't make that permanent because that'll just increase demand no, again. Obviously, but obviously not. It's a timed just thing. Like six to 12 months or something. Yeah. But um, great idea. So yeah. anyway, that was uh, when well, I was look, going to sleep the other night. I thought of that. The ATO won't come on the two drunk accountants, but they will. They will they engage will. with criminals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's not the ATO's fault. That's the no, government's that's fault. That's the government's fault. We, we but can't ATO, take if you're listening, to. come on, let's talk about this stuff. Let's and and if you're listening, federal government, take my idea. You can. You don't even have to say it came from me. It's fine. It's a good idea. You will say it came from you. Though. I will tell everyone <laughs> it came from me. But uh, imagine if there's some sort of like leak tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but I reckon this would be received the same way the increased tax on balance, super balances above 3 million was. Oh, yeah. It was like a few news articles that was outraged yeah. and everyone was like, no, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did everyone say, okay, boomer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So apologies it. to every baby boomer. I, I wasn't expecting this, including to- Including mom and dad, um, you're both boomers. I wasn't expecting to, um, to deliver my uh, solution there, but you reminded me of it and- uh, <laughs> Great mailbag episode, Dan. Great mailbag episode. I liked that. We should do mailbags more often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on. Do you have another thing? Other thing. Yes. Murder. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, Jade and I used to watch this show called Homicide Hunter. Okay. It's, it's by this guy called Joe Kender. Mm. And um, the intro song, uh, every, every episode intro mm. song starts with him going, murder <laughs> and then he's got this whole spiel if you murder i'll find you <laughs> is it a, is it like a true crime thing yeah or? it's yeah. true crime so it's called homicide hunter it's on mm. binge mm. which by the way binge has just introduced ads yes i've noticed without that people, without people they haven't dropped the price they've just introduced ads i was annoyed by that are you serious, Binge? Mm. Your, your user interface is terrible. Mm. Exactly. You can't also put ads on us. But do you know who Binge is owned by? Foxtel. Guess what Foxtel did when they first came out? The exact same mm. thing. It's, it's the Foxtel it's strategy. It's the Foxtel strategy. They were like, oh, we'll just do what we did again. So funny. Yeah. There's someone in the corner of the room, the old hat is yeah. like, you know what you need to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we we went through this in the nineties, guys. The young yeah. sales teams figuring out how to get their sales up. Yeah, all you do, I've got a solution for it. You just do it. Just start advertising. Yeah. <laughs> That's give them funny. free HD. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Homicide Hunter, great show. If you like mm. true crime, yeah. this Joe Kender dude has solved like five hundred homicides. So oh, he's wow. got all these wild stories. Mm. And uh, it's just was, him. Was he a homicide detective or yes. just a guy? Yeah, yeah, in Colorado got, Springs. I've been there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, lived there for a little bit. A lot of murders there, Dan. Yeah. Mm. Back in 1974, it was a peak of 25 murders. It was pretty, pretty wow, high. That's a lot of murders. Yeah. Yeah, decent. Have you ever looked at the crime stats in your suburb? No, thank you. <laughs> when I was looking at- I live in a potentially high crime no, suburb. So. Like, like every suburb on the central coast, half of the suburb is great and half of the suburb is a problem. And that's yeah. literally every suburb on the central coast. Yeah. Um, but I was looking at stats and there's like a heat map um, about like where crime happens and the type of crime. Mm. And I'd look at each <laughs> suburb and be like, murders? Oh. I was wondering like, how many murders in the last like reporting period? Is there more period? than you think? No, it's far less. Oh, like that's good. Most suburbs were nil. Oh, wow. And a few were one. That's pretty good. Yeah. The bigger problem was like domestic violence. That mm, was like- That's not good. Really big heat maps in certain areas, but- That's bad. Uh, but that's bad. But murders- Murder. Like you just, like we watch so much TV. I just assume there's murders everywhere. Well, there is in Colorado Springs, or there was. 25. I mean, in the 70s, 80s, you just felt like you'd get away with anything, right? So mm. just, everyone was just murdering everybody. Just murder. Like yeah. I got a problem with him. Murder. These days, CCTV, iPhones- mm. You know, everyone's filming everything. What's the, what's Jaru? Murder, murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I do think of him, him yeah. when I say murder. <laughs> but now Jade and I don't even call it homicide hunter. We just call it murder. <laughs> you want to murder? You want to murder? <laughs> that's a good so one. Good. Such a good show. I recommend it. That's a good one. What about you, Dan? Uh, my other thing this week. Um, uh, I, I started watching a show called Platonic on Apple TV. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. It's pretty good. Hmm. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Um, Rose Byrne. It's pretty good. Rose Byrne. Nice. Yeah, she's Australian. She's um, she's the brunette. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She always reminds me of like Natalie Portman or just a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there's another. She's in Bridesmaids. Yeah. And Neighbors. she's good. I really like her. Yeah. I really like her. She's great. Um, the show is pretty good. Pretty cool. good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And my other other thing is Boy and Bear's new album is awesome. And yes. I got it on vinyl and they signed it and they said I have a nice shirt. Self-titled. So, mm. They're independent now. They're independent. I'd love to get them on the podcast. Ooh, yeah, we should read. If you're listening to this- I emailed Killian. So. Boy and Bear. Um, yeah, I did email him. Come on. We can do a live sesh from the office. Oh, we could jam with them. Jam. Do some jamming. Yeah. We're jamming. We could show them some of our, um, our accounting parodies that we've never- <laughs> finished and released so they might want to they might want, they to, might want to jump in on that they, they want might. to jump in on that all right well thank you for listening everyone it's been good we're back we'll be back again next week and the week after that and we appreciate uh, your patience while we had a couple of weeks off mm. and uh if you want to get in touch too drunk podcast gmail.com too drunk accountants.com.au too drunk accountants on all the social medias make sure you follow us because it's always a good time on there and uh we look forward to speaking to you all Bye.